This is Don't Panic, episode number 27, recorded December 30th, 2013, on the stories of 2013, what's next in 2014, and the future of technology. Hey, hey, welcome! It's yet another edition of Don't Panic, the ultimate technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and you coming to you live from the tip end of 2013. Uh, I am Sean Jennings, joined as always by the the maestros of coding, uh, Colby Ravidoux and Dan Miller. Uh, I have a bone to pick with you guys. I don't know who you talk to, but when you go on Google+, and you type in Colby Rabidou, Colby's name comes up, and you type Dan Miller, and Dan Miller's name comes up. You type my name, I'm like the fifth name on the list. <laughs> what? I'm like, that's so unfair. Well, so, I all know. of our friends at Google, right, Colby? That... Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, thank you all. All zero for... of them. I have, yeah. I have, like, three. Oh. Yeah, he's got <laughs> connections. I trust him. <laughs> uh, well, welcome, everybody, to our episode. We do this live every Monday night. Uh, at uh, 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern, uh, at our website, don'tpanic.io, and, and a big round of applause to our uh, developers on the panel, who basically aren't me, uh, based around our brand spanking new website. Feels good. It feels awesome. so good. Yeah, we, we, we launched it earlier this week. You might have noticed that Sean in the Don't Panic page posted, like, like reposted every every episode link we've ever had. In case you missed one um, or two, you know, want to yeah, make sure you saw all of them. All in bulk. So, you know, I, I, I was glad that none of our Facebook accounts got suspended, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I, I have, and I have honest to goodness, true story, I have a recipe set up that I get a text message when an episode goes up so I know when it goes up. I was standing in line at a Dunkin' Donuts ordering coffee and my phone starts going off and it's like one message and I look and it says don't panic. Oh good, okay, so I put away two messages through. it wouldn't stop going off. Like, I had like 30 text messages. I'm like, I'm trying to order a, like a coffee here. Uh, true story. But yes, brand new website um, and I also noticed, Colby, that our uh, RSS is working better better now with iTunes? Is that true? Is it? Well, the latest episode on iTunes has a description and a time and all oh, that. What? I saw that today. I'm, 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 I didn't do that on purpose, but that's oh, awesome. I, well, I re, I took the RSS feed and rewrote it, but copied everything over. So it's probably one of those cases of you just rewrite it exactly the same way as you did before, and you accidentally fix something <laughs> that you didn't realize was broken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It, yeah, so it also could be that, like, we weren't properly escaping things or some things, and... Oh, yeah, it does. But we only have three items on our RSS feed. What? We'll fix it, folks. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, um, so, but I want to uh... say, we got a brand new website. My contribution, we have a new YouTube header, so check that out on our YouTube page. And uh, in honor of our big website launch, I have an exciting announcement. What's that? Are you guys ready? I'm should ready, a, so... Should I pull a Colby and kind of just stretch out <laughs> the excitement? It's uh, only fair. Well, in honor of a fantastic 2013 and our brand new website, I am using my pick this week, and we are giving away to two listeners. Two listeners, each one is going to get a official Don't Panic coffee mug delivered to their door. Whoa. We are giving it away. <laughs> 
I can't think of a better way to start 2014. So, in honor of that, uh, you can now go to... And these guys don't know about this, by the way. I, I had no idea. So, let me share my screen here, and I'll show you. The it's, only reason I'm not upset is that I already have a Don't Pay Me <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. Uh, on our Facebook page, there's this new link called... Uh, you'll see it in our little application button that says Mug Giveaway. M mugs. And if you click oh, that, awesome. it'll uh, it'll take you to our uh, entry widget, uh, which we have here. And this is my pick this week, and I'll explain it at the end of the show. But you can either go to our Facebook page or you can go to bit.ly slash giveaway. We'll also take you directly to it. So uh, it's super easy to enter. you just got to be a fan of ours on Facebook, which is an easy click. Uh, and we will draw randomly in two weeks. So you got two weeks to enter. Uh, going into 2014, and we're going to give away two awesome mugs. Nice. So definitely uh, get in there. You can enter every day. Naturally, we'll promote this shamelessly on Facebook. So <laughs> Absolutely. You Absolutely. won't be able to forget. Is it, is it possible to promote something with an appropriate amount of shame? Like, has that ever been attempted before? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if you've ever, ever checked out, like, the, the ad interfaces, but there is a, like, a shame meter. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Sorry, pardon the interruption, but please examine our fine jeans. Something like that. <laughs> Just be really polite about it. <laughs> be like, excuse For me, your consideration. Sir, you take a moment. I used to, well, some of you may know I work at the archives. You pull out old ads from the late 1800s, and they're literally, they are the most polite things I've ever read. They're like, if you could take but a moment to please consider our fine products... It will make you feel exhilarated and just like these... Ah, I love that kind of stuff. Um, all right, well, on that note... Though, there are some old ads that are really, really bad, like really mean. Uh, if you can fill for a second, I'll find the one I'm thinking of. Okay, fine. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is on Etsy, and it shows a bunch of people with uh, injuries, and on top it says, how many men are you carrying every month just because you don't have the heart to stop their paychecks? And it's an ad for in an insurance company. I respect that. I respect that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a vintage 1968 ad for a continental insurance company. Cool. How many people are you paying just because you don't have the heart to let them go? <laughs> You know, you learn this in advertising. You uh, fear and humor and uh, politeness all sell product. Uh, well, uh, with that, uh, I'll remind everybody, facebook.com slash show is our page. Don'tpanic.io is our super shiny new website. Uh, you should definitely check it out and subscribe to us on iTunes and uh, leave us feedback. We have a better RSS feed, uh, so I'm told. Um, <laughs> it might be better or it might be worse. <laughs> so we're told. And by next week, it could be something completely different. So subscribe <laughs> now, and you'll be set. Uh, so we were looking at stories to do this week, and unsurprisingly, the week between Christmas and New Year's, there's uh, not really much in the way of tech news. Uh, everyone's holding back for CES, uh, which is mm, will be after next week's show, so it's late next week. And, of course, we'll have uh, nonstop wall-to-wall -wall coverage on the single episode we do every week. And so we decided uh, this week we're going to do a 2013 wrap-up show. So we each sat down. Uh, I know I had a tough time deciding. 
uh, and we're going to talk about what our uh, biggest, each of us, what our biggest story we thought of 2013 was, and we're also going to each make a prediction for 2014 that we can play next year and realize how terribly wrong we were. Because um, <laughs> that's that's always fun. So, uh, who wants to go first for their uh, biggest story of 2013? Uh, or I'll go. I, I can go first. Okay. Um, yeah, so, so I think... I think one of the biggest stories of 2013 was was our <laughs> the conspiracy theory nut jobs had all of their all of their suspicions confirmed this year uh, when when the NSA third party contractor slash analyst Edward Snowden leaked or has been leaking tons and tons of things that the government is doing, uh, that the NSA is watching, listening to, collecting, analyzing all your stuff. Um, yeah, and I don't know. I mean, we've certainly talked about this plenty on the show, but I don't know if I have anything new to add. <laughs> well, well, there's a new leak. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, the, that was the shopping. Are you talking about the shopping list, or are you talking about them intercepting laptops? No, I didn't even. I didn't, I didn't read the shopping list. You can talk about the shopping list. Right. I'm talking about the uh, the Wi-Fi eight miles away. Oh, that. They, yeah, they have this device that they can use to break wireless security up to eight miles away. What? Uh, yeah. Oh, th that's actually uh, an item from the catalog, Sean. That's but what I, I didn't saying. read the catalog article. They literally, ha it was leaked that there is a, ca literally a catalog that the guys in the NSA, when they need something, they order from it. And it's everything from, like, you can get this device and you plug it into a phone and it hacks everything and now all the messages are forwarded. Or it's like, oh, you need the, to intercept Wi-Fi. Well, we've got it. It's like a literally a shopping list. Uh, and well, that, big companies, that's how they work. They don't share resources. They buy things in between divisions. So, like... Microsoft, like Office 365, needs servers to run the website, and they pay another part of Microsoft for them out of their own budget, which is, <laughs> seems awesome. really bizarre, but I guess it makes sense. And, of course, the other NSA story uh, earlier this week that the NSA is... Uh, is known to take laptops that are in transport, and before they get to your house, they'll take them, go to a warehouse, put spyware on them that can track you, put it back in the box, and then have it continue on its way. God. Oh, that's awesome! I didn't hear about that. That was that was, and that's what's funny now is like I'm really afraid to open my uh, open Feedly because there's always something new every day. Like they uh, every day, I'm like there cannot be another ridiculous leak. Like, I can't even think of other ways for them to spy on us. And I'm like, oh, that's right. They could intercept our packages at a warehouse in Des Moines and, and open up our laptops and install yeah. spyware. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> See, like I said before, though, I'm still waiting for the leak where those, like, government-mandated boxes outside of your house, like the, uh, telephone, the telephone box and the voltage meter all have little wireless things in them to read the electrical signatures on your monitors in case you decide not to plug your computer into the internet you can still get to it. 
I mean, at this point, why not, right? Just, just, <laughs> just go for it. Next, next, you know, the next leak will be that uh, Obama really is a lizard person, and uh, you know, whatever other, you know, UFOs, and who knows? I don't even. But I think this is a good, a good pick for a big story of 2013, and certainly a story we'll be hearing about in 2014 is just that. The um the sort of veneer of the internet as being this sort of wide open playground fun place you know that we use for business and personal use uh, kind of got shattered really I think uh, and it, and it does put a whole new perspective because you think well I use a secure password and well my internet you know I have a password on my Wi-Fi but you know you realize that there's always something in the same way your phone calls. You know, even before, even on landlines can be. You know, you forget about it, but it's really this year has proven that if it's not the U.S., it's somebody. But we're we're being listened to. They can do it, and they do do it. Yeah, uh, I know. I did say do do. <laughs> Damn, this is a serious subject. Uh, Sorry. No, no, but it is. It is very true, and uh, it's. Um, it's it's interesting. My my last lingering question on this whole NSA thing is scope. You know, I realize that they can hack Wi-Fi from eight miles away, but to whom did they do that to, and how often? Yeah, yeah. You know, so, that's the question. Right, and I also like. I think my my real thing with it from the beginning is it has been like you know it's one thing that they can do all this stuff or and are at any given time doing all the any of this stuff but it's a, like the thing that gets me is that makes me more uncomfortable is that they are or might be like keeping this stuff around indefinitely right like all the data they're collecting is you know going to exist forever in in the NSA archives and um you know who knows what it is and who knows how it'll get dug up in the future and you know uh, so that that's what that's what really makes me uncomfortable because you know I, I to some extent agree with the you know I'm not doing anything wrong right now because I'm I'm not really doing anything wrong right now uh, but, right now right, yeah, exactly I was like, that was it's really convincing right now. Colby I totally bought that <laughs> wink <Yeah>. um, <laughs> No, but, like, what if what I'm doing right now ends up being wrong in the future? That's the, you know, and I, I get, like, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think it's appropriate, like, for it to be kept around indefinitely in, in some government archive of my life. Like, that's weird. You know, I already, I provided them with a pretty good archive of my life on, like, Facebook and Twitter, so... <laughs> You know. But they want it. They don't necessarily get that. What? Just because you gave it to Facebook doesn't mean that didn't necessarily mean that now it does, but didn't used to mean that the government had it. Right. right. Well, and and I hope most criminals are smart enough to not use Facebook, and uh, although I know some are, but you know we are first and foremost a, a technology show, and, and I'm going to go glass half full on this story and say just think of all the cool technology stories that have come out of this. I still think probably the coolest tech story of the year for me was the one, Dan, you brought about them, about the jumping the gap with the, uh, oh, the computers yeah. would do the audio tones to one another. even mm -hmm. if the, And I'm like, 
that's so cool. Like, <laughs> use it for good, use it for bad, but the technology on its own, we talk about zettabytes of data, and we talk about, you know, hacking Wi-Fi from eight miles away. I mean, that's just cool, interesting technology, provided yeah. it's used right. It is, it is, it is pretty crazy. I mean, I think it's good, though, because, like, I don't know, like, we've all acknowledged this is happening, and people on both sides of the issue will, like, Um, act accordingly moving forward. So this, this also ties into another big tech story of the year, but maybe not as big to us, the, uh, the irony, I'm sure, is not lost on Obama that the NSA is so damn good at what they do, and healthcare.gov was so bad. <laughs> yeah. Yep. One yeah. infinitely more complicated than the other. Infinitely uh, more complicated. Yeah. And to most, I don't know if that's true. I feel like to most people that was the big tech story of the year, especially in the with the like most recent tech stories feel bigger than the old ones do. Yeah. Glow of That's it true. all. I didn't even think of that. Nice one. Nice. And I will, I will say, I, I'm, I have my fingers crossed that uh, someday an insider writes a tell-all book on healthcare.gov because it's got to be a great story. <laughs> it's just whatever was going on behind the scenes. They got to get that guy who wrote the book you recommended on uh, the 2008 election. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, my <laughs> next, my next book is, uh, and I gotta read this so I can recommend it. But uh, is Nick Bilton's new book on uh, behind the scenes and the start of Twitter mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that I gotta get. I love behind the scenes books. That's where you get all the saucy stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, let this be a precursor to my behind the scenes book. Don't panic: colon My Years in Hell by Sean Jennings. Behind the scenes of no, that's not true. Um, well, I will. Uh, I suppose I will go next with my big story. And I had a really tough time because I had a couple I really wanted to do. Um, But I kind of settled on one that I found most interesting. Maybe not for everybody, but I I dubbed it The Year Social Media Became Real. Before 2013, uh, social media obviously was a thing, but I think 2013 can really be pegged as the year it became uh, legitimized and became business. Uh, of course, we saw face, uh, Twitter going public this year. Uh, Facebook having gone public in, uh, I believe, 2012. Uh, we saw them uh, dealing with the consequences of being a public company, having to report to stockholders, um, and having everything they do scrutinized. You know, when uh, in, well, Instagram's a bad example, but when a, a non-public tech company launches a feature and it doesn't go over well, that's one thing. But when Facebook does it, um, it's a big deal and affects their stock price. We also saw this year um, one of the most interesting stories of the year, I thought, which was, of course, the uh, the Boston Marathon bombings, which, of course, was a terrible event. But we really saw the first time social media was used um, for news, for information, uh, for hoaxes, for comfort, for a lot of things. And I know certainly I was, and I know many people were, just glued to Twitter for uh, the few days over which that happened with the manhunt and all that, where news came out first on Twitter, um, and where CNN was reading Twitter on air because they had nothing else to fill with. Um, I think it was um, also the fact that social media has become big business for advertisers. Um, finally, it, you know, the theory with tech companies is worry about the revenue later. Both, I think this year we finally saw that the revenue is there. Um, so I, I think this will be the year that we can say social media finally really grew into its own. Yeah. But with the Boston thing, almost... 
like, I don't know. There was that one thing they got totally wrong every time they tried to blame someone for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Reddit, they, Reddit I mean, went on its man Everyone who's not uh, originating from a news agency. It's certainly not a perfect system, and I'm happy to agree with you on that, but it's, it's the pipeline that I think is what matters. Um, and as long as it's vetted properly, um, it was just amazing to see news in such real time. I mean, second by second almost, when you're in a manhunt-type situation. Um, I feel like the good news at least outweighed the bad. I mean, I feel like that was kind of my um, thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, like... I mean, Twitter has also... I feel like it's become a household name in the same way, in a, a similar way than that Facebook is, but also in kind of a unique way in that it's, it's just God all over broadcast media. Like, I can't remember the last time I watched a TV show that didn't have a, like, hashtag, you know. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me when ev- all the TV shows and commercials were parroting their AOL keywords. Exactly. That is an excellent oh, comparison. I hadn't even thought of that. Perfect. That's fascinating. <laughs> Yeah, and then, I mean, but even, you know, like, uh, like NPR radio shows use Twitter for for feed, you know, real-time user feedback, you know, user interaction on the show, like, where they used to use, you know, emails or, or a phone call into the show, they, they read tweets, like tweeted comments from people and have their guests respond to them in real time. It's, it's pretty cool and, and weird, different, I guess, but it's Uruwer. And, you know, it, it was amazing to me. Some new numbers were actually released today, I read, uh, about social media user numbers. Facebook, obviously, number one by a mile. Uh, but you know the second most popular social network? Mm, no, I don't. LinkedIn. Does Instagram cause Facebook? Oh. Really? It goes Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Twitter, mm. Instagram are the top five. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Do you know it's estimated that one in three U.S. women have a Pinterest account? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I also have a Pinterest account. Me too. <laughs> I know. Well, and it's it's amazing the numbers uh, that Pinterest pulls. Uh, I'm always surprised because it's not as, uh, I guess, loud as other services. Yeah. 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 That's true. But you you know you see it. It's on all like the subway uh, advertisements in New York. They have the little mm-hmm. icons on the bottom to remind you that they're on these social networks. But in Pinterest is always one of them. Like. Yeah. And it used to be yeah. Flickr was there, and now Pinterest has kind of supplanted it. Yeah. For example, you can follow the Marist Archives on Pinterest at pinterest.com slash Marist Archives. What? Wow. Uh, shameless, sh- that was a shameful <laughs> point. <plan. laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but no, and you know, it, it, it's funny, in the in the advertising world, it's it's gone from what's now to what's next. You know, who's going to be the first to use Vine? Who's going to be the first advertiser to use Snapchat? Who's going to use, you know... It's always about who's going to be first to do it uh, and who's going to do it best. So it, it's, I mean, this is the career I'll probably end up working in, and, and the money is just <laughs> pouring in to people who Dallas. who use these services. Uh, it is damn Shut big, big business. Making it rain. 
I, I got well, such as a long as you don't fly to South Africa and make terrible racist comments. Did that happen since the last show, or did we talk about that last week? I don't week? think we talked about it. It was a couple weeks ago, but I don't think we ever talked about that lady. Uh, That's all right. We don't who, have to talk about her. Well, let's just say she how she even got that job is shocking to me, um, considering the several inappropriate yeah. tweets. Um, but a perfect story if you're looking to get into the communications business, uh, shut your mouth. Uh, <laughs> Let's uh, let's go on, Dan, to your big story of the year. So yeah, I, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that uh, 2013 was at least the emerging year of the robot. Uh, I would say like a third of it was early in the year. We had all the uh, drone attack, unmanned aerial vehicle uh, controversy about what oversight there was and civilian casualties and collateral damage and the uh, ethics of robotic warfare. Uh, the Department of Defense always gets this stuff first, the internet, Kevlar, and then Gore-Tex, and then we get it. Uh, so this is coming. Uh, but then the other third of that was Google. Google had the self-driving car, but that's kind of old, but then they had the... Uh, they acquired eight robotics companies, including the super creepy, awesome Boston Dynamics Big Dog Big Cheetah robots. <laughs> uh, so I'm really excited to see what happens with that. And if Google Glass and all these other moonshot projects are any indication. Also, though, the uh, internet balloons from my very oh, first yeah. episode yeah. are robots. Uh, so if all these early things are any indication, then I think the fruits of their labors this year will probably hopefully be showing up next year. I'm really excited to see what they come up with. And then the the Amazon drones, uh, UPS also said that they are looking into this using flying robots to deliver things. I think I think this is all just. Uh, this is kind of the so the Internet of Things is a, uh, something that people talk about a lot. This idea that your refrigerator is going to have the internet, and your toaster is going to have the internet, and your windows are going to have the internet, and that's cool. But I think uh, that's possible, but not super useful. And I think the Internet of Things is kind of leapfrogging. Uh, we don't like the Internet of Things only becomes becomes really useful and powerful when the uh, interaction is like two way so your window like your window can report on its status but so what these robots uh, can report on their status and affect other things and they're all networked over the internet so I think that that's the internet of things that we've been waiting for and that's something to look out for in 2014 I'm really excited are you guys excited yeah, I'm excited and or terrified. <laughs> That's exactly the right answer. <laughs> well, you know, I think when you talk about robotics, it kind of reminds me of any new technology, and it parallels it well where when it's kind of being used in these specific scenarios like military, it's scary. Uh, I read an article today that a former, uh, I don't even know what, drone operator, I guess, uh, a former drone operator was um, was interviewed, and she said that 
the drones today don't have the ability to distinguish between someone holding a gun and someone holding a shovel. So the mm-hmm. question is, what do you do? And I think a story like that is scary, but to me, a story like that says, good, because now we're going to get progress in these technologies. Sort of like when the internet first came around, you would see all those kind of local news stories, we watch them today and laugh, where, what is this thing called the internet? And I feel like <laughs> robotics is kind of get going there, where now that we've kind of moved beyond this fear stage, this sort of wacky, crazy, look, the guy's delivering a burrito with a helicopter. Uh, I feel like now we can actually move into the practical and the everyday types of robotics, and that's where it's going to get awesome. Yeah. Uh, also today, it was announced that the FAA has approved uh, three, five drone testing locations, so they're making good on their promise to work on this up through 2015, so... Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious. I think we have Amazon. T- I don't. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if that, Amazon hadn't done anything, say. if we would be reading this news story on December thirtieth, twenty thirteen. Yeah, I, I feel like they they sort of uh, by by putting this this topic into national headlines uh, on sixty minutes a couple weeks ago. I think they sort of may have forced their hand a little. Like, hey, hey, hey. Let's go. <laughs> okay. And like a lot of technologies, it just takes a big player to come in to legitimize it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they were really the first to do it on such a wide scale. So uh, I, I'm excited. I still order stuff and say, why can't I have it now? <laughs> um, so let's, let's go on to the future. The future. future. Uh, and let's talk 2014. We're uh, a day or so away. Uh, and I guess let's start, Dan, with you, because you sort of started going on to this Internet of Things. Oh, idea. yeah. So, yeah, I already talked about it, but I think I think, uh, I think think of Seamless, and I think of what Seamless could be without humans as an Internet of Things. Uh, your TV is a very... It's a thing, but it's totally, like, for better or worse, neck deep in this Internet of Things business, whereas the toasters and refrigerator thing never really happened. Uh, and I don't think it will happen in 2014, like I was saying. I think the robotics thing, being able to have a two-way conversation with a thing of the Internet is going to be really powerful. Like, I, I'm blown away when... I do like a silly Raspberry Pi or Arduino thing where like I can press a button and it like goes out and does something on the internet or something on the internet happens and a light turns on like that's so cool but so rudimentary and when we have these uh, more capable machines that can uh, pick up things we want to return to the store or deliver things to our house uh, I don't even know like there are so many things I could do. And I want it. <laughs> well, I yeah. think I think 2014 is going to be a big year of, and uh, this is going to be big at CES in two weeks. I guarantee it is separating out the gimmicks from the actual products because I don't think anyone mm-hmm. wants a refrigerator you can tweet from. But <laughs> I look at a company like Nest or like the Philips Hue products, 
And while they're not the most original or cutting-edge type ideas, they're doing it right in legitimate yeah. products you want to buy and put in your home, and that's where you want to look. Not at the, the fork that'll, you know, uh, send out a message, you know, SMS your friend when you're eating cereal <laughs> or something, which is probably an idea, and if it's not, I, you could please take it. I don't want it. <laughs> I, I had a terrible experience with the stove recently, and my <clears throat> as a result, my smoke alarm kept going off, and as I was standing on the chair with the windows open and snow blowing into my apartment so that I could keep turning the smoke alarm off. I was like, this is why I want the Nest smoke alarm. Also, so if my pilot light goes out, it warns me not to walk into the apartment and die. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Nest, I really... Ah, oh, man. Nest could make a refrigerator, and I would want it. Oh, refrigerators are tough, though. Refrigerators like cars. Like, how often do you buy a new refrigerator if you don't move? I think what you need is a device that you can put in your refrigerator. Uh, that make does it better. Stuff. Uh, you know, oh. <laughs> <attached> to, uh, <laughs> how would you power it? So would it be battery powered? Could you it like stick it in powered. a potato? Yes. Oh, but that's that, you're like a lemon or something. That's genius. <laughs> you just stick it in all of food items in your refrigerator, and it's powered by food. Dan, we've done it again. And then that's what it's electrolysis, right? That takes yeah. the electricity out of things. Yeah, you you could even like sell it maybe as like a weird health benefit. Like your food has no. It's more green. Electricity. It's good for the environment. Doesn't use electricity. And it turns your food green. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. I think, uh, like, with the Internet of Things thing, I think we're going to see... I don't think next year we're going to see, like, this advance in, in leaps and bounds, but I think we're going to see a lot of really small things, like, like Nest, like, really mundane things all of a sudden be connected in, in like subtle but incredibly useful ways and and I'm not sure I think I think calling it the internet of things may be the wrong oh yeah totally maybe maybe a self-limiting title like I think that's a silly uh, a uh, kind of a bad way to think about it well you want to say like a connected home or something like that would almost I think be more comfortable to people yeah but I think I think well, I guess maybe I'm not worried about what's comfortable for people or what it, what it actually means in the grand scheme of things. And I think, that, like, what it means is that the way the way we connect to the network is just is becoming less obvious and more integrated into, you know, into us, into our lives, into our our actions and abilities and things like it's not it's not just a computer screen and a keyboard anymore it's you know it's it's a thermostat or it's the Fitbit on my wrist or you know it's something I haven't even thought of yet it's my car <laughs> right right like yeah. these are all all ways I, I'm interacting with and seeing into the network and it and in a sense that like the network the the internet life and real life are getting closer and closer together and eventually they're not going to be distinguishable anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> that's they will they will be the same 
The Matrix, basically, is right. what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> maybe, but but I mean, so if you want to get philosophical, that's what needs to happen before something like The Matrix could happen. <laughs> like once we're completely connected, you know, we could change everything, right? And we wouldn't be any be the wiser. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's our future. Maybe 2015 we'll all be batteries in a giant human power. <laughs> Is that your pre- Colby's year-end prediction? The machine that's, that's, runs. That's a that's a long term. Long term. Yeah. <laughs> Keep an eye out for Skynet. I've read a couple books where one of the uh, the themes is that. Uh, virtual property becomes more valuable than physical property. So people live in like, like really small apartment things, and they don't go out all that often because uh, the value of experience itself is so much greater online because there are no limits. Why well, live in New York when you can live in this thing that's even bigger than New York and extends mm-hmm. infinitely in any direction? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Minecraft. Yeah, <laughs> Minecraft, but indistinguishable from reality. Yeah, right. Oh my god, well. imagine if reality was Minecraft. That'd be terrifying. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. We'd be beset be so, by zombies every night. Be so blocky. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's jump ahead here to uh, Colby, uh, who has a, a bit of a similar prediction, but, but definitely... I think a um, very legitimized uh, twist on it, uh, and, and certainly a prediction I hope comes true. What, what do you see for next year, Colby? Yeah, so uh, I think I think what I wrote down was that like wearable computing will get legit. Um, but I think what I really meant by that was that the ways we interact. I mean, I guess this sort of, this goes hand in hand with with uh, Dan, Dan's Internet of Things, right? Um, but the way we interact with, I guess, the internet or the greater co- collective mind that is this network uh, is going to change a lot. And I think, I mean, the last big change was what? It was like the iPhone in. When did the iPhone come out? 2008? Is everyone muted? 2007. 2007, yeah. So I think that that was the last big, big change because we went from keyboards to to touching, touching, touching things in, mm-hmm. in, the, in the internet, touching the internet. Um, <laughs> But Do we think that voice is going to happen? Is that going to be the next user interface? Well, I, you know, is, I don't think any one thing is the future right. interface. Exactly, it's going to be I, a lot of things. Right. I don't. I don't think you can point to one thing. I. I mean, I think it'll just be all the things and th- some things we haven't thought of yet. And it just like the last couple of weeks, I've. I've. Uh, I've been. We'll talk about this later. But I've been using my Moto X and like. You know they're they're trying some different things and they're cool, <laughs> cool in a way that like you know hasn't hasn't nothing's changed on the iPhone since the original one. Like 
they have a fingerprint scanner now. That's not useful. All they did, all all the fingerprint scanner did was like make a old boring passcode thing that's a million, you know, as as old as computers themselves. They made it a little bit less inconvenient, but it didn't change anything. It didn't change the way you use your phone. Um, so I think we're going to see a change in the way that we interact, like drastic changes in the way that we interact with our devices. Now, whether that's Google Glass, like widespread adoption of Google Glass, maybe that'll be it. Um, I, I could see that being a big deal if people started using it. I could also see it kind of flopping because, uh, I don't know, like... As it think, stands, people think it's pretty douchey. When yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it will be big once uh, once it's, like, so much better. Like, touchscreens always existed, but they they didn't... They weren't all that great because there was no multi-touch, right? Right. And then there was... It wasn't... It was capacitive, so you had to push in... No, it was made, resistive. Or resistive. Capacitive is what it is now. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it was the same idea, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Not all that much different. I think something with, with Google Glass will have to happen like that, whether it's just, like, in your brain, in your eye, in your, like, vision, or if it's a contact, uh, that'd be probably way better. Right. I don't wear contacts, so I would still be, like, why am I wearing contacts? But if it was cool enough, I probably would. <laughs> let's, let's be real. Right. And I mean, I, in along the same lines as I said uh, uh, on our last subject, I think it'll be, it'll probably be subtler things that you might not necessarily notice more than huge, like, game-changing devices. But, you know, whether whether it's, you know, your phone listening all the time for you to talk to it, or it always, you know, being able to always recognize a certain gesture to open the camera. You know, that those are... It's the little things that, that drive this forward, and it, it makes it realer. Like, more physical, <laughs> more... more a part of real life. More than, realer. You, you were good the first time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I, I think the problem, I think the thing with wearables is the same with the Internet of Things and its commercialization. The technology exists to have a smart thermometer. The technology exists to have a smart wristwatch or an eyewear. <coughs> but how do you get people to buy it? How do you make it cool? How do you make it affordable? How do you mass produce it? How do you market it? That is, I think, going to be the story of 2014. Not, not necessarily groundbreaking technologies we've never seen. But how do you make them practical, sort of like voice control on the Moto X? What about this idea that uh, combine the Internet of Things and the wearables, that things are just on more? Like, my laptop is on almost all the time, but I have to sit down to interact with it. I have to put my hands on it. My TV, I have to turn it on, and then I have to turn my PS4 on. Uh, The Xbox One has some of this stuff. Uh, but I think maybe that, even something as subtle as that, could be a, a thing of 2014, always on devices as yeah, the gateway yeah. to the Internet of Things. I'm going to yeah, coin absolutely. it right now. 
<laughs> standby is the new off. <laughs> yeah, my PS4 is on standby, and I'm not sure what that does versus off, but I, I leave it on in case someday I believe, I believe or at least on the Xbox One, it'll it'll auto-download updates, and then... That, like, yeah, you, that's what I figured. And it'll auto-download games if you buy them on another device as well. Okay. Yeah. That's I mean, that, that's not entirely a new thing, though, right? Like, like uh, iDevices, none of them have power buttons because Steve Jobs didn't like them or whatever. They And, you know, your your iPhone, is it's never really off. Your cell phone's never off. But I think you're right in that... that actually, I think, I think on will be the new standby. <laughs> Well, uh, they I need to interact more. It's not their power state; it's uh, but I their think the power abilities. State, the power state right. allows them to interact more, as I think, because it's going to be constant. It's not you're you're getting three hours worth of updates when you turn your device on. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, um, excellent. I uh, I'm going to be greedy. And I had two predictions, because I could not pick one, but I promise I will make the two short ones. <laughs> um, the, um, the first I have is connected transportation, as I call it. Uh, we've already seen in 2013, you can now use your phone on airplanes. Uh, Apple has already made deals with companies to put iOS in the car. It's expected at CES. Uh, we're going to see Android and Audis. Um, and I think that's sort of the next logical frontier uh, as mobile devices become more common, we're going to see, I think, more car models have technology, so even the base model, I think you're going to start to see this stuff in. And in higher-end vehicles, you're going to see it more powerful, so using apps, using voice, um, and doing it better than ever before. So I think that's going to be, uh, as well as on airplanes, I think you're going to see Wi-Fi become more standard, higher speeds become more standard. Um, and I just think that for both safety and for, you know, business reasons. Um, I think manufacturers are really going to push using uh, connected devices in the car. Yeah. I think uh, I think that's a cool idea, but I also, like, I hesitate to think that it will be done well. Like, I don't know. Like, in, in the... I see most... most Cases of like obviously this is something they want to do, but I'm certain that most most instances of this will be pretty bad. Like I feel like these you know connected cars are going to turn out like smart TVs. Uh, yeah, I think the issue the issue is standards. Right. I I think you have to have a consistent great against uh, across all vehicles. Right. It's like really the car should be a big dumb pipe. That can that your phone can use to interact with your phone or whatever whatever device can use to interact with you, rather than uh, being the thing that you interact with that just uses your phone as the pipe to get data. But um, you know, I don't know if that you know. Obviously, often I feel like companies don't want to be a big dumb pipe. Well, uh, I don't understand. Uh, what's missing? Uh, right now you can hook your phone up with Bluetooth and it gets your contacts and your car imports your contacts and your music and you get the like uh 
standardized somehow like pause play skip skip back volume buttons yeah. uh, do I want anything more when well, I'm driving the, the question... I'd like maps I'd like maps to show up on the big console thing in the center that I don't have to pay three hundred dollars a year for the updates for yeah uh, well I guess at that point it could just be an external monitor. Android and iOS can do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I maybe it's maybe it's like, you know, Google Now plugged into your car and, you know, you get a check engine light so it knows where to send you based on the error codes or... That's going to be part of it. And it's just... I, I Again, it goes back to our earlier argument of separating gimmicks from actual products. Again, do mm-hmm. I want to tweet from my car... Actually, yes, I kind of do, but <laughs> most people Sean. don't. You know, can we build Snapchat into the... No. Um, but I yeah, when's the first Vine-enabled dash cam going to come out? That's oh, a great oh. idea. I, I, yeah, oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Crash chat. Like, it automatically <laughs> sends your friends a picture, of, like a video of you crashing into other people. Automatically. Just right after you've crashed. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, you know, and we laugh, but to me, the more you can integrate into the car, the better, and I think big players getting into it is what we're going to see in 2014, and hopefully we'll get standards that connect well to all kinds of devices, and the more they can do, the better. You know, I want to be able to uh, to push a button and say, Pandora, play my 90s station, and it'll do it. That That's what I would like. I think... But I think that's all on the phone, right? Because yeah, you it's can contr- push a button and use Siri or Google Now. Uh, Apple doesn't just let anyone hook into that. Does Android just let anyone become a voice action? Um, Siri, you have to be a partner. Google, I have no idea. It might be. It might be. I mean, it's a Bluetooth. The Play controls are a Bluetooth standard. Those right. are just. That's just how Bluetooth works. But as far as the actual voice control, I don't know. Um, exactly how the standards work. I think that's a big issue. Um, but like Colby said, I think a big part of it is going to be interacting with the car itself, taking indications from the mm-hmm. car, using car sensors. Now all these cars have crash protection and rear-view cameras and all this technology. Let's merge that with the phone uh, and get the best of both worlds. Oh, so you'll get your, your self-driving Google car just comes with your Android phone. I'm so... <laughs> Yeah, but I think that's it's fair. Another right? a car, you get a free phone. I think that's a good deal. I think that's fair. <laughs> um, no, you buy my... a phone, you get a free self-driving oh. car, compatible models, star. Yeah, that's... <laughs> somehow, I... although you know what, it wouldn't surprise me to know that Google somehow gets their money back on that by following <laughs> it around and knowing everything. No, you know, Eric Schmidt, he said it knows if what, you, what things you want because it knows yeah. what you search for and says, hey, by the way, there's a... Stop and shop on the way back to your house. I know you've been looking to pick up some napkins, so I'm, I'm hey, to think about it. I am. Okay, I can write it there right that. now. Just say the word. I can have them bring out the stuff, so you don't even have to get out of the car. We talk about the the <laughs> internet colliding with real life, and and a car is a great way to do it yeah. safely. Um, <laughs> Not with crash chat. Yeah, so follow me on Vine if you want to see irresponsible driving. Um, <laughs> my uh, my other quick prediction, and this was actually going to be my biggest story of 2013, and then I realized I don't know if it made it there in 2013 quite yet, and that's cord cutting. And mm. this shit is expensive. 
Like, do not get me started on how ridiculously overpriced cable is. And I think starting in 2013, and we'll see this a lot more in 2014, is this idea of cord cutting. Stopping paying your, your Comcast and your Time Warners and your DirecTVs, and instead going direct to the manufacturers. This year we saw uh, Netflix and Amazon creating origi- Hulu creating original content, award-winning original content. Um, we see more and more connected devices, smart TVs, Rokus, Blu-ray players, Xboxes, Playstations. Um, at rates we've never seen, Chromecast released this year. We also talked earlier this year on the show about streaming gaming uh, and Twitch and this idea of watching uh, video game competitions is going to be big, and that's something you probably won't see on regular television, And uh, as well as user interactivity, uh, being able to use those annoying hashtags we talked about, but <laughs> also being able to, to chat in real time with stars of shows, uh, being able to interact with the show itself, um, so I think that's what we're going to see a ton of in 2014 is new and interesting ways to connect to these shows and also, fingers crossed, we'll see more of these shows becoming available to those without a cable subscription. Yeah, I think... I mean, I think you're right. I, In my mind, I think it behooves the networks to expand their reach beyond cable, the cable box. Um... Whether or not they'll do that, who knows. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, I think it would be good for them. And obviously who it's not good for is cable companies. <laughs> but at the same time, cable companies are also probably providing Internet too. So, But they provide it at essentially a flat rate. Yeah. And that's why they're fighting for data caps and for a metered bandwidth. And, and non-net neutrality. Yeah, well, you think about a company like Comcast who owns television, they own your internet, and they own NBC, for God's sakes. You know, I mean, you think about, talk about vertical integration, but um, it's scary when you think about it, but at, at my apartment, I get 50 megabytes. My streaming video is like that, and my cable bill is twice as much because I still have cable and DVR because it's not quite there yet. But the day it gets to the point, and we talked about Aereo, and we've talked about these services, I am so ready <laughs> to move on from cable. Um, it's just, I've, I've been spending this vacation, all I've watched is Netflix. And a little bit of Hulu. I don't think, I, I've watched almost no actual television. Despite the fact we have DirecTV with all the channels, and DVR, and HD, and... <coughs> I actually... Know, Oddly enough, I only watch television on vacation because that's my parents still still watch television. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't have a cable subscription. Yeah. I haven't actually used or had a cable TV in five years now. I've existed around them occasionally, uh, much less frequently now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm, what do you, Sean? What do you think the like? the areas left for improvement are. Because what I see is, like, I see, I mean, obviously sports, if you want to watch, if you want to follow your team, yeah, I mean, you just can't online because it, you know, know, there there is streaming, but, like, it's... I'll I'll tell you what the problem is with sports streaming online right now, and that's the National Football League, because if you pay the National Hockey League, you can stream all their games online. If you pay the NBA, you can stream all their games online. 
the that's, one that's actually not entirely using, true. The well, there NBA, are blackouts. Yeah, there's there's a my roommates looked in, into getting the NBA whatever it is like season pass or whatever, and it's it's like a bunch of BS. They basically couldn't watch any of the games they would yeah. wanted to watch. The blackout rules are ridiculous, and thank goodness the uh, FCC is trying to fight to get those uh, eliminated. Awesome. But um, but it's these leagues that that just realize that there's a ton of money in cable, and they don't think they yeah. can make it on streaming. Yep. I think I think what 2014 needs to be successful in this arena is one company, one established company, like an AMC or an FX, somebody who says, we're going to give you our content, you don't need a cable subscription, pay us $5 a month, and you can have all you want access to all of our archive content. And as soon as one does it, and they blow up with subscribers, because think about it, if you pay $80 a month for cable, think of how many of those channels you actually watch. At 5 bucks a piece, you'll still probably end up saving money with just the few channels you watch. So right. it's going to take one company to do it, and then we'll see the cascade. I don't know if 2014 is the year for that. Yep, I guess we'll see. <sighs> I hope so. Um, all right, well, uh, very good. We'll have to come back uh, at the end of uh, next year and see how we did with our predictions. <laughs> uh, does anyone, is anyone willing to make any really specific predictions? Uh, something you want to hang your hat on? I'll make one. Okay. I'm going to predict that this year, well, next year, technically, 2014, Apple will release a 13 to 15-inch iPad that will dock like a desktop, and they will call it the iPad Pro. That's my prediction for 2014. Very specific. All right, all right. I like that. I predict that on Black Friday... We will have a $999 4K TV. Whoa, that name brand what? 4K, you think? Oh, yeah, yep. Wow. They just, uh, who it's was It's about it? 1800 right now, I think, lowest. I, I just saw they have, what, a 110-inch Ultra HD TV you can buy now? I saw, I actually, so I saw a 4K TV, and I was like, if... If I could have bought a 4K, if I could have spent like maybe 200 or 300 extra dollars for this on a reasonably sized TV, which by the way they're not reasonably sized, uh, I would have because it was like you could like walk right up to it, and the images that they were displaying. Someone with me made the comment, "Oh, that's that's CG." I'm like, no, that's a tree with leaves. I'm like, no, 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 it's, it's so glassy and smooth. Like that's. Just the wet leaves, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully we'll see a lot of big announcements at CES, because I yeah, think yeah. Uh, that'll be a big piece of it. Um, so our picks this week, uh, I'm going to jump in and go first, because I want to talk about our contest. And for our contest, uh, we are going to be using a service I've used before. Uh, I am a social media manager of uh, several websites, and um, I have found running contests on social media can be really difficult. Not only is it difficult to track entries, uh, but also certain websites like Facebook have all kinds of rules about what you can and cannot do when it comes to contests. I mean, they are, and they will take you down. For good reason. For good reason. To be I, fair. I, I, hey, I'm 100% <laughs> with you. 
But if you, you know, it's very easy to accidentally break the rules of no fault of Facebook's. But I was looking for an easier way to do it. Someone who knew the rules, so I wouldn't have to. I found these guys, highly recommended. Um, Engadget uses them. A lot of big blogs use them. And it's Rafflecopter, which is also a great name, by the way. R-A-F-F-L-E-C-O-P-T-E-R dot com. And it's free. Uh, you can also, uh, there are a couple packages that you can pay for if you want more features, but you can do a free, and this is actually how we're running uh, our Don't Panic contest. So let me uh, show you what uh, what it actually looks like. So here is uh, my Rafflecopter page. And uh, so you'll see right now, it says happening right now, our uh, Don't Panic website launch. I'm going to click edit. And... It's easy. You can add prizes very quickly and easily. You can uh, adjust it, add images. There you go. You see our little mug. Um, you can add uh, how people enter through Facebook, through Twitter, through blogs, uh, through Pinterest. They have a whole bunch of options. A start and end time and a, uh, an easy template for terms and conditions, and that's really it. What you get is um, this beautiful uh, embed widget which I'll show you right here. And it shows your prize, and then you see, uh, you know, easy entry for all Don't Panic fans on Facebook. You just click this, and if you're a fan, you just click I'm a fan, and it's one click to enter. It's so easy um, to use. You can tweet about the giveaway here. Uh, all you have to do is paste in your tweet URL to prove you did it. Um, you can even click this button, and it it's just makes contests one-click easy. You don't have to fill anything out because it's through Facebook. It knows who you are. Um, <laughs> I, I know, right? Great. Um, it tells you how long it lasts for. It'll tell you uh, how many entries, and how, you can come back every day and do it. It keeps track of you. Does this only work with Facebook, Sean? Um, no, it's you can embed it on any website. Okay. But, and you can log in either through your email or through Facebook. Okay. So you have the option. Uh, so there's Facebook no, like, Twitter or Google Plus login that uh, would do the same thing? No. Now, now uh, I would like to think they're going to add that. They haven't yet, but it's primarily through Facebook. Okay. But your options to enter to win for users include Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, blogs, um, and you can even create your own ways if you'd like. Uh, email entry. Uh, and then what's really cool is to moderate your entries is super easy. Um, you can see real-time analytics you can one-click to draw a winner at random, uh, and you can export all your entries. So uh, I've used this for uh, contests at my job, and I find it super easy to use. Uh, and so I figured, why not use it for our Don't Panic giveaway? So uh, rafflecopter.com is the pick. And, of course, if you want to enter our contest, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash don'tpanicshow, or bit.ly slash giveaway. You do have to be a fan of ours on Facebook to enter. Uh, but you don't have to enter through Facebook. I know that sounds complicated, but uh, be a fan of ours on Facebook. Be nice, and uh, you don't have to do anything outside of that. You can come back every day, and we're going to give away two mugs to people. So uh, it's a great widget. Try it out, and uh, good luck in our uh, in our entry. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, who, uh, who wants to jump on next train here? Me. Okay. All right. All right. Go for it. So uh, for Christmas, I got these headphones I've always wanted. Uh, Those are slick looking. Yeah. So they're 
Grado SR80i headphones. And made in Brooklyn. They're like, you know, super artisanal and all that Brooklyn stuff. Uh, but they're <laughs> really high-end headphones. They're open back, which means that everyone can hear what you're listening to. So not a good thing for the office or the train, but great for at home if you want to listen to music that sounds really good. I was a little skeptical of how good it would sound. It's difficult to tell how good music sounds. Uh, so I was like, oh, okay. Then I found a binaural recording, which is this recording method where they basically take a replica of a human head and stick it in front of a sound that has microphones in two, in, inside the ears of the replica head itself and then record sound that way. So it's recorded as a human would actually hear it. And so I found this recording, and I was sitting on my couch at my mom's house, and I clicked the play button. And all of a sudden, someone knocked on the door. And then a split second later, someone was knocking on the window, and I was really freaked out. The door knock wasn't totally unexpected because people knock on doors, but the window knock, that was a story up. That was pretty surprising. Uh... Then I realized that it wasn't someone actually knocking. That was the recording I just clicked play on. And every person I've put these headphones on and had them listen to that has agreed that it sounds like someone is actually knocking on the door. Uh, <laughs> so these headphones, they reproduce sound really well uh, if the sound quality, if the quality of like the sound or music you're listening to is, is good enough. Otherwise, it sounds just like any other headphone. Uh, but they are super comfortable. And I'm not going to hear what you're seeing for a second. Uh, they look pretty cool. Uh, they came with stock uh, ear cushion things, which look like this. Uh, I was told that they weren't very, they weren't the most comfortable, but you can get these replacement cushier ones for like $5 on Amazon. They're yellow. Just look for Grado replacement ear pads or something like that. Uh, so definitely highly recommended Grado headphones. Yeah, they're uh, they're available on Amazon. I have to say, I don't think it's they're rated 4.3 out of five stars, which may be one of the highest Amazon ratings I've seen in a while. So oh really? Uh, if you think Dan's a liar, uh, <laughs> you can trust the folks on Amazon. But uh, no, these look, been the truth. These look sweet. So uh, super cool. Great gift. Props to who uh, who gave those to you, if you don't mind. Me. Yeah. <laughs> In, in, in defense, my mom did buy me the uh, the amplifier, but didn't realize that the headphones were supposed to go with the amplifier. And then, unfortunately, the amplifier didn't actually work uh, um. at all. It was DOA. So maybe next week, hopefully, if this company sends me a replacement, my pick will be an amplifier. <laughs> cool. Excellent. All right. Uh, Colby, let's... Uh, let's uh, the ongoing saga... Of yeah, the, so, uh, the Motorola X. Yeah, so I was, I've been like, you know, I'm on vacation. I've been laying low from like the computer and new things <laughs> this week. Um, but what I, one thing I have, I, I have been obviously frequently using my my new phone. I got a Motorola X. In case anyone forgot or didn't hear, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should go back and listen to. Was it last week or two weeks ago? Both weeks, because two weeks ago you announced it. Last week you gave your first review. So ah, uh, yeah, yeah, cool. So just you know, listen to all our old episodes. Um, but so I've been using it, and I I just like 
I think it's great overall. It's an awesome phone. Um, two things that are especially awesome uh, both have to do with the contextual always-on processor feature things that you can do. Um, one is the specific gesture for opening the camera app. It's it's freaking amazing. Like it works every time, unless you do do it wrong. But if <laughs> if you get the gesture right, which is not hard, um, it works. What is the gesture? It's it's like opening a doorknob. So you, well, I can I can show you right now. So okay. my phone my phone's off, um, and you take it and and flip it like this. And you'll feel it buzz, and then the uh, the uh, camera's up. Cool. Um, somewhat related to take a picture, you just touch anywhere on the screen, and it just auto focuses and takes the picture. So if if you're you know if you need to take a picture quick, it's really easy to do. Um, the quality of the photos look good because I saw. I'm assuming the ones you posted on Facebook were taken with your phone. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And they, they looked good. Right, and it's super, you know, one of the things I always know, found myself doing with the iPhone was, like, trying to focus on the right thing, um, which always proved to be a challenge. And I feel like, given I was also using an iPhone 4S, so this is, like, obviously a couple years old camera stuff going on, but, like, I feel like I would always have to take the picture twice. Like, I'd have to take it once, it'd be blurry, and I'd be like, Damn it! I was going too fast. I gotta slow it down um, and take it again. Uh, so, which is amazing because when the iPhone 4S came out, the camera was like unbelievable and mind-boggling. Right. right, and like I don't think I never really noticed I was annoyed by it until until the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. And the other thing I really like is the active display. So if you don't know. The active display, like, it uses the AMOLED to, to light up only a portion of your screen all the time. Um, so if you have a notification, it just kind of, it'll pulse every once in a while and, and show a little preview of the notification. But also, if you don't have a notification, um, it will light up when, when it thinks you're, you're moving the phone. So when it's sitting in your pocket, it knows from the proximity sensor, right, that you're not using it. So the display is not going to come on if it's in your pocket. Um, but as soon as you take it out of your pocket, the time pops up. It's amazing. You don't even have to press the button. Um, <laughs> just take it out. The other thing I do all the time is I, you know, I've been sitting around like watching TV with my parents or whatever, and mm. my phone's my phone's sitting on the coffee table, and I wanted to know what time what it what it is. But instead of picking up my phone, I could just tap it with my foot, and the time would pop up. <laughs> so cool. So, yeah. So that's my pick. Go fucking buy a Moto X. <laughs> <laughs> that that sounds like one smartphone, Colby. Indeed. Very cool. All right. Well, I think that takes us uh, to the end of the show. I did want to ask you guys, because um, we, we haven't had a chance to talk about it. I know we're going a little long, but that's our show. If we want to go long, we'll go long. Um, <laughs> did you guys get any cool uh, tech stuff for Christmas uh, that you wanted to mention on the show? Um, Just the I headphones got, that I already mentioned. That's cool. I got some knives. I got a... <laughs> I got a bunch of analog stuff. Cyber knives. So. 
outside, uh, just, just regular, <laughs> like kitchen knives for cutting like food and things that you need to live. Yeah, that's the problem with getting old, right? You get. I got a yeah. vacuum cleaner. Ooh. <laughs> and a deep fryer, which I am super excited about. Ooh. I am gonna deep fry everything. <laughs> I I also part of the problem was like there were a couple techish things that I wanted, like there's a toaster oven that I really want and um a Wi Fi uh, a wireless router. Uh we need to upgrade our wireless router from an airport express in, in my apartment. Um, but they they were all like I I traveled back to the East Coast and both the toaster oven and wireless router are just like too big for my parents to get me and give to me on Christmas. Um so I'll I'll just deal with that that stuff myself. I'll Christmas myself with Amazon Prime. <laughs> the TSA is gonna love you coming back with those knives though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I want to put those in your checked-in luggage. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I'm sure the T... I've, I think I've had... Have you ever, like, you fly and you get back and open, open your suitcase and all your stuff is messed up and there's a little card from the TSA like, hey, we looked through all your shit. Have a nice day. It's good times. Good stuff. Well, hopefully they'll let you keep those knives. <laughs> they better. Well, uh... Unless you guys have anything else to add, this wraps up our episode this week. Uh, of course, thank you to, uh, from Rhode Island, Colby Rabideau, from New York City, Dan Miller, and from Massachusetts, myself. Dan, are you going down to Times Square for the uh, the ball drop? Hell no. <laughs> Smart man. I was, I was mortified. I was at my comfort limit when I went to see the fireworks in New York City. I was... I was totally, like, mortified when I tried to go to Rockefeller Center the weekend before Christmas. There's no way I am going to Times Square on New Year's Eve. I don't like Times Square on a normal day. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, uh, I read today that you can pay $375 to party at the Applebee's in Times Square for New Year's Eve if you're interested. So. Oh, man, get some half-priced craps. Yeah. <laughs> It's open bar, so better place to get trashed than an Applebee's Whoa. in Times Square. Yeah. Uh, well, wonderful. Uh, we thank all of you out there for joining us, not just tonight, but throughout the entirety of 2013. Uh, I checked back. We started mid-July, uh, mid-July, so we've been going about six months. So uh, thank you to everybody who's uh, who's been watching throughout the year. We hope to give you an even more exciting 2014, uh, now with our new shiny website, uh, among other things. It's only going to get cooler. Absolutely, <laughs> and definitely tune in the next couple weeks because we're going to have big CES news. Uh, all the big announcements for 2014 are going to be coming. You're not going to want to miss them. We're going to have full coverage. Uh, and, of course, check us out, don'tpanic.io. Uh, it's shiny and new, so you might as well check it out, right? Uh, get all of our past episodes and live episodes. Of course, we do this every Monday night at 11 p.m. Eastern. And, of course, our Facebook page, facebook.com slash show. There, look for the little mug giveaway button and definitely be sure to enter. Uh, through the widget, you can enter every day for the next two weeks. So uh, go get yourself a free mug. It's a one-of-a-kind item. Uh, I guarantee you it's, it has our logo on one side, and the other side it's going to say uh, contest winner. So you know who you are. Um, so uh, it's very exciting. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, and from all of us here at Don't Panic, we wish you a very happy new year. We'll see you all in 2014. Uh, but until then, good night. <laughs>